Hey again, Mercy Vineyard. So glad you're watching this week's message. We've been in this series called Hope, and it's such a great time to be in this series because I don't know about you, but I know for me, it's sometimes really hard to have hope. And we're looking at biblical stories and texts of how to have hope and how we can apply it to our lives today. We've also been connecting those stories to movies. And we've been including those movies in our messages, and then we've been playing those movies on Friday night. We've looked at movies like Hamilton, Tangled, Just Mercy, Zootopia, and this week, I'll be connecting my message to Sing 2. And we'll be watching it this Friday night at 6.30. Hope to see you there. Sing 2 is such a great movie. In fact, it's really memorable for me and my family. My wife, Julie, and I, we decided, let's take our kids, Lila, who's five, and Aiden, who's three, to, to the movie theater to see Sing 2. So we're all excited. We go to the movie theater. We, for parents out there, we, we kind of had low expectations. We're like, we might have to leave the movie theater at some point because of our kids or because of ourselves. But it was such a fun time. Lila and Aiden got to sit and have some candy and some popcorn. They got to play with the, the chairs that go up and down, back and forward. And it was so fun. Until after the movie ended. See, Aiden was, was like two months into being fully potty trained and we're so proud of him. And so he had to go to the bathroom. And he asked actually a couple times towards the end of the movie. So I knew I kind of had to rush him to the bathroom at the end of the movie. And so I bring him to the bathroom and I get in there and, and the stall is just a mess because I was planning to sit him on the toilet for him to go potty and it was just really messy and I knew the urgency. So I was like, bud, I'm just gonna hold you and, I, and I'm gonna hold him above the toilet. So I decided to do that. He tinkles and things are okay. And then something changed for him and it created even a bigger mess. Like, and I mean a bigger mess. Like I had stuff on my arms, I had stuff on the floor, there was stuff on the walls, like it was worse than what we walked into. It was terrible. And, and, and I'm like trying to hold Aiden and affirm him that it's okay and like, but I'm gonna sit you down and we're gonna start to get you cleaned up. My wife ends up coming into the bathroom and goes, what happened? And I was like, I don't know, I just need some help. So we get them all cleaned up, we make our way out of the movie theater and I told Julie, like, I'm gonna take Aiden, I'm gonna bring him home, I'll meet you guys at the restaurant that we're gonna eat at after, and just order for us, and we'll be set ready to eat after we get cleaned up. Aiden, he, he was so good about it. It was just a champ about it, and it was really my mistake on it. So I'm trying to affirm him so that it's not a lasting memory of going to the movie theater and experiencing just this traumatic event of just mess and disgust. So I'm affirming him in the car and just saying, buddy, it's okay, but I'm sorry. You're clean. I'm glad we went to the movie theater. That was such a fun movie. Who did you like? We just started engaging in conversation. And then things kind of got quiet. And then, and then God like showed up in the car. It was so cool. Uh, God was starting to speak to me in my heart that um, just as I wanted to clean Aiden up, just as I wanted to affirm him that he was clean and worth, worthy and that he was okay, God wants that for me. 
that when I feel like I've made a mess or I have a mess on me or a mess in me or I'm making a mess around me, that God wants to get in that mess. He wants to clean it up. He wants to be there with me. And that gave me hope. That gave me hope in a God that loves me so much. And, and in the Bible, John 3.16, some of you are familiar with this, that God so loved the world that He sent His Son, He sent His Son Jesus into the mess of this world so that those who believe in Him and follow Him would not perish. Jesus went into our mess for us. That's absolutely incredible. And that's a hope that we can share with one another. Romans chapter 5, verses 7 and 8 says this, Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God proved his love for us by sending his son Jesus to get in that mess with us. And for us as Christ followers and Christians, we now get to share that hope, that love with everybody around us. We get to go into people's lives and get into their mess and listen and see them. Sing 2 is just a really fun movie. And in part of the movie, uh, Buster Moon has his group of animals that are trying to perform this incredible performance at Crystal Towers. And Johnny, he's this gorilla that he's assigned and casted for this role of this dance battle scene. And Johnny's uh, matched up with this dance instructor, Klaus Kickenklobber, who's just kind of really mean and rude to Johnny. And Johnny's like getting stressed out by it. So Johnny's just like, man, I, I just need to like get some air. I need to find something different for me to learn these steps. So Johnny um, sees the street cat dancing and performing, and he connects up with her. Take a look at this clip and how he proves himself to the cat, Nushi. Honestly, if you could just give me some dance lessons, you would literally be saving my life. Wait, if you're on a real show, how come you don't have a choreographer? I do, but it turns out he's a massive weirdo. <coughs> and how do I know that you're not a weirdo? Hmm? How do I know that you're legit? Well, just come with me to rehearsal, see for yourself. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not just gonna follow some guy I don't know to rehearsal. Well, how else am I supposed to prove that I'm legit? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been shaking. I love it when you go crazy. You take all my inhibitions, baby. There's nothing holding me back. You take me places that tie my reputation, manipulate my decisions, baby. There's nothing holding me back. I knew you were. I love that. Johnny just starts singing, proving that he's actually talented, that he's actually in this show, this production. Tanushi, she finally takes him seriously. I believe that there are people out in this world, in our everyday lives, that might not take Christianity seriously. That they might have doubts and skepticism of who Christians are and who Jesus is and who God is because of the way we act. 
I know for me, I, I can be judgmental, I can be hypocritical, and that actually sets up a wall, and, and I'm not proving to them that I love God and that I love others. And in order for us to share hope with one another, we have to live in a different way. Romans chapter 12, Paul writes in this way we're supposed to live, how we're called to live. And, and it's kind of subtitled by some theologians, the marks of a true Christian. And I view that as having this genuine and authentic faith of loving God and loving others. Romans 12, uh, verse 9 is where we're going to pick it up. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Pursue hospitality of strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be arrogant, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Friends, in order for us to, to live in harmony with one another, in order for us to, to weep, to mourn, to rejoice with one another, we actually have to get into their mess. Just as Jesus got into our mess, we have to be willing to do that. I believe we can do that in, in two everyday practices. The first one is to see the person. We have to actually see the person. Back to Sing 2, um, Buster Moon and his crew, they've convinced this guy who runs this crystal theater uh, that they're able to get this music legend, Clay Calloway. But Clay Calloway hasn't been seen by anyone, hasn't done any songs since the passing of his wife. And so Buster Moon sends Miss Crawley, this lizard who's absolutely hilarious, to go and find him and figure out where he's at. She finds him and it doesn't go well. So she comes back and then Buster Moon just knows he needs to get Clay Calloway. So him and this porcupine, Ash, go and connect with Clay Calloway. And I, I want you to take a look at this short clip that shows Buster Moon's interaction with him and Ash's interaction with Clay. Take a look. Uh, honestly, th this is gonna be the greatest show I have ever made. Whoa! And when you see the set, set Turn on that tap for me. Tap? Uh, sure. So anyway. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Oopsie daisy. Moon! You okay? I'm okay! There's nothing you can throw at me That I haven't already heard I'm just trying to find A decent melody A song that I can sing In my own company I never thought you or a fool But darling Look at you You gotta stand up Straight And carry Your own weight Still 
whether you got stuck in a moment Now you can't get out of it Oh, love, look at you now You got yourself stuck in a moment I can't get out of it. <laughs> Buster Moon got the hose. I, I just laughed so hard at that. Um, I love that spot. But the reason why Buster Moon got the hose is because he was using, like, Clay Calloway for himself. Buster was trying to figure out how Clay can benefit him instead of, like Ash, understanding Clay's hurt understanding and seeing that Clay's wife was such an impact on his music, such an impact on his life, and how he lost some hope, how he lost uh, a pep in his step. So Ash saw Clay, started to sing. And you see Clay kind of going down the steps, seeing pictures of him and his wife, the wheelchair, the brokenness, the sadness, the loss, the pain. And Ash just sits and plays music for him because she understood. She saw Clay. She understood that he was in mourning and she mourned with him. Buster Moon was rejoicing while Clay was mourning. And often when we do that to others, when we misread things or we don't see them for who they are, they might end up spraying us with a hose or they might shut us down or they might end up blocking us. And then we can't give a message of hope to them because all they hear is us talking and they don't see the love that God has for them. So for us to truly live into loving God and loving others, we need to step into a place where we can get into the mess with people have sympathy for them and that sympathy moving to empathy and have this sincere empathy for them and compassion that moves us to action to seeing what they might need or what they might need to hear or what they might need in their lives and that gives them hope it gives people hope when we're at their level when they go when we recognize their pain their struggle their hurt their loss when we truly see them that's having that genuine faith. That's showing uh, hospitality to one another. The second way we can do this after seeing the person is listening. And I know seeing and listening kind of sound the same of like, I see the person, but the, it, it's a both and. And I experienced this two weekends ago. My wife and I, we were out with their kiddos running some errands. And we were at our last stop, which happened to me, Menards, and we were hoping to do some lunch after. And I had to return two things at Menards. So I bring in the stuff at Menards, and I have the family with me, and there ends up being like, we're like the fourth person in line. And then somebody comes in behind us, so there's five people in line with one guy working the desk. That's a lot. So we get up there, I set my things on the counter, 
and it's, again, just one person. So I say, hey, Andy, how you doing? And he kind of looks at me and he goes, oh, oh, you read my name tag. I said, yeah, how are you? And he's like, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, actually, I, my second grade teacher started calling me Andy. Like, my, my name just, like, just started as Andy at second grade. And I'm thinking in my head, I was like, Andy, like, you got to get moving here, man. Like, we're the fourth in line. There's more people behind us. Like, you got to just move up. That's great about your second grade. And then he continued to talk. And then he shared of how, like, he was thankful that his name got changed to Andy in second grade. And then I'm just thinking, buddy, like, let's just do this thing so that I can move on and you can move on. And then my wife, she engages with him. Because Andy was like, yeah, because my name sounded a lot like my sister's name. And my wife's like, I bet your sister's name was Andrea. That would have been really hard. And he perks up and he's like, it was Andrea. And it was really hard. And then I'm still in my head like, buddy, just wrap it up. Like, you just got two things to return. Scan the thing. Let's go. It's all done. We make our way on through the store. And, and Julie turns to me and says, I hope that made his day a little bit brighter. And I'm thinking in my head, I was like, maybe. That was quite the story about second grade and Andrew to Andy. But she understood that you have to see the person and you have to listen to the person. Like, I did a decent job seeing him, seeing that he was busy, seeing that he was another human to interact with. But my wife took the time to listen. And that takes some energy. That's setting our own agenda aside. That's setting our own expectations aside. That's setting our own assumptions aside and being willing to be quiet and to listen. James talks about be slow to speak, quick to listen. I was slowish to speak, but my wife was quick to listen. And friends, when we do that, we might end up hearing more of their story. We might end up hearing uh, where they feel hopeless. We might end up hearing where they feel joy and we can rejoice with them. But we can't do that if we're not taking the time to listen. If we're not setting our personal agenda and expectations aside to truly listen to the person. I know for me, I, I've experienced moments where people truly listen to me and hear what's going on in my life. And they ask questions. How can I help you? How can I support you? How can I be praying for you? Can I drop off meals for you and your family? I've also had people say, oh, I bet that's really hard. And then they start talking about themselves. It's two different experiences. It Just like Nushi helped out Johnny, she saw the need and wanted to help Johnny out with his dancing. Just like Ash connected with Clay in a way that gave him hope. Friends, in order for us to share hope with one another, to share the good news that Jesus loves them, that's willing to get in their mess, we have to do that too. We have to slow down, take time to see the person, take time to listen to them. Maybe it's your coworker, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a relative that you just struggle with. You're just maybe hoping, oh, I hope this person's not assigned on this, this project with me. I hope this person's not out in the neighborhood. I hope I don't get in the same class as this other person. What would it look like if we started to see and understand maybe what they're going through? 
to hear a little bit of their story and to be able to give them some hope, to let them know that they're not alone in what they're experiencing. On your next steps uh, thing, it's right online. Fill out any information you feel comfortable with. Hopefully you've started doing that. At the bottom it says next step. I want to challenge you and I'm going to challenge myself too to take a next step in sharing hope with someone. Because friends, we have a God that loves us so much that's willing to get into our mess to show his love for us. We can do that for one another by seeing them, by listening to them, by practicing hospitality, by rejoicing with them, by mourning with them and crying with them. So that next step, who is that person you want to share hope with? For me, it's my neighbor. We get along really well and, and he's a fantastic person. But I don't know him that well. I don't know his story. So I'm going to take more time to listen to him, to ask some questions about who he is so that I can rejoice with him when he's rejoicing, so that I can weep with him when he's weeping. And, and this will show the love that God has for him and for me, for you. So would you just put down a name? Or maybe it's just uh, paying attention to the people around you so that you can see them and listen to them. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love that's unfailing. God, while we make messes or we feel like a mess, you're willing to get on our level. And God, that you want us to share that love and that hope with everyone around us. Help us to see uh, one another better. Help us to take some time to listen to their story so that they might see your love. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for watching. Have a great week.